0: Humboldt
1: last week. Hey, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in for quick local stories. My name is Miles. I'm a radio host, a journalist who left the more traditional industry, started this up back in 2016. Uh, remember, every time you tell friends about this show, it doubles your chances of getting that princess parking spot at Target. And hey, don't forget to tune in to the radio station, which adds fresh and quality music and other interesting topics to the mix. That's up at HumboldtLastWeek.com, HLW Alt Radio. And uh, please do send me those clips of where you're listening for shout outs on social media. This programming comes to you without cost, by the way, with the help of quality community organizations. Please support them. That's Photography by Shy. She captures those stunning portraits, studio style or in Humboldt nature. Really professional stuff. Just mention Humboldt last week for a discount when you reach out to discuss options and check on rates. Her name is spelled SHI. Portfolios and contact info at photographybyshy.com. Bringing the best service, selection, and solutions to Humboldt Farmers since 2001, the knowledgeable staff at North Coast Horticulture Supply has got your gardening, pest control, and harvest needs covered. Now with the addition of Dirty Business Soil Analytics and Humboldt Ag Supply, NHS Farm Direct is your one-stop shop for grow supplies and services. With three locations in Fortuna, Eureka, and McKinleyville to take advantage of discounts deeper than your roots and have fun in the garden. That's North Coast Horticulture Supply. Trinidad Vacation Rental, a luxurious place to stay right on the ocean with amazing views, a hot tub, fine dining within walking distance, and it's right by Trinidad. Perfect for that romantic getaway, vacation, or staycation book at TrinidadCaliforniaRental.com. The North Coast Co-op is your holiday headquarters. Pies, ham, chestnuts, chocolates, and eggnog, all the elements for tasty traditions come together at North Coast Co-op, located in Arcata and Eureka. Bell Star Women's Clothing Store, located at 405 Second Street in Eureka's Old Town, encourages everyone to shop small this holiday season. Local businesses support our community with jobs, donations, and taxes. Bell Star and many Old Town downtown businesses are going to be open late the first three Fridays of December. Show your community spirit this season by shopping local. That's Bell Star, clothes that fit your life. Bongo Boy Recording Studio, of course, co-founder Jimmy Foote records there. 60. Jimmy Foot, right there enjoying that pristine sound made possible in the studio he co-founded in McKinleyville, Bongo Boy. Check him out at bongoboystudio.com. NCJ, the latest edition of the North Coast Journal is on newsstands now. Pick it up for award-winning in-depth reporting. Plus, the journal has reviews, listings, and details to help us plan our weeks. Keep up with the latest at northcoastjournal.com.
2: Humboldt
1: last week. Well, there's this new series on Netflix. It's called Virgin River. And no, it's not about a college chess club taking a swimming trip along the Eel, but Virgin River is set in rural Northern California. It makes references to the nearby city of Eureka. I saw this post on Humboldt Foodies because apparently this drama references food a little bit, but. Uh unverified, judging by this post, it looks like the producers spent some time doing research in Humboldt. The books it's based off of are set out 36 and only drawback to this news is it looks like they did most of the filming up in Canada. But either way, it's on Netflix and it's called Virgin River. High school football really giving us a reprieve from not having HSU football. Huge congratulations are in order to St. Bernard's High School Football, getting their second state championship in five years, just recently in the Redwood Bowl in Arcata. Against an L.A. area team, the Crusaders were down 14 in the game and then scored four unanswered touchdowns to win 34-20. to 20. Also, congrats to Del Norte High, although they came up short in their championship game up in Crescent City. They also had an amazing season. Read more via Humboldt Sports and hear all about it in the next episode of Humboldt Sports Talk. Just a quick heads up, Toys for Tots really needs more holiday toys for local kids. Just a small donation could go such a long way for local kids in Humboldt. Brighten up their holidays a little bit and uh, make them smile with toy or cash donation and if you want a list of local drop-off locations for toys for tots just let me know that music and theater superstar who grew up in humble sarah borealis with all of her grammy and tony nominations will see her musical waitress and it's run on broadway january 5th and then it's starting up in london's west end january 27th this is cool you've heard of sarah's apple tv show right little voice She's been working on that with big names like J.J. Abrams, and, you know, it's a sometimes humorous New York drama about an up-and-coming musician. And in recent developments, the show now has a cast. We've got Brittany O'Grady from the Fox drama Star, Sean Teal from the Fox action The Gifted, Colton Ryan, who's acted in Homeland, and The Americans, and yeah, the list goes on. So when's Little Voice coming out? Apple reps told me that's still to be determined, but they'll keep us in the loop when they announce. Eureka and Humboldt so stoked for export, Sarah Borellis. Some Humboldt cannabis talk in a big magazine. Humboldt Seed Company made Forbes. In this piece, the former Humboldt Last Week guest Nathaniel Pennington goes into how he landed in Humboldt heartbroken and found himself, quote, nursing his emotional wounds with the world's best cannabis. He went on to become a scientist, activist, and environmentalist, providing cannabis farmers with seeds for innovative strains year after year. You may remember Nathaniel was on the program talking about an interesting scratch and sniff ad for Humboldt Seed Company, one of the first ads of its kind anyway. He also told Forbes how ridiculous the cannabis banking situation is and how the regulatory landscape needs to settle down, quote, As the cannabis plant is destigmatized, we'd love to see a vibrant craft market develop that allows people access to this amazing plant and its vast medical potential. That's Nathaniel Pennington of Humboldt Seed Company and Forbes magazine right there. But here's the humble Utilized Movie of the Week. This week, it's The Tree of Life from 2011. Stars Brad Pitt and Sean Penn. It's got an 84% rating from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. The consensus is, if you're patient, that flick is an emotional and visual treat with a lost soul looking for the meaning of life. The flick features imagery in Grizzly and Prairie Creek State Parks, as well as Fern Canyon. That's the humble Utilized Movie of the Week, The Tree of Life. Well, this is a bummer. Racist graffiti at Humboldt State University, some on one of those mission style entrances, more on a vending machine in the art building. Nobody caught. How the heck does that happen? There has to be video footage or something, right? But uh, this graffiti at Humboldt State included negative stuff about undocumented immigrants, cartoons of Klansmen, Trump rhetoric and profanity. I hope they can figure that out. Regarding the suspicious death of Jenica Suazo, an 18-year-old aspiring nurse who cops believe was suffocated to death in a sober living house in Eureka where she had over 20 roommates. We recently hit the three-year mark of Jennica's death. Cops told Kim Kemp they're still waiting on State Department of Justice reports on forensic and DNA evidence. And as the community wants justice for Jennica's possible murder, we'll keep you in the loop. You know that block by the jail and courthouse in Eureka on the north side of town, which the county is hoping to buy and level into a parking lot? It's the one with some housing and the yellow-painted Reliberto's taco shop. And yeah, it looks like construction on that parking lot has been delayed, apparently, because some residents there are seeking relocation assistance. I'll keep you in the loop about that. Lots of people here potentially impacted by this. The feds are making cuts to food stamps, something that could involve 3,600 Humboldtians. We're talking about able-bodied adults that don't have kids or other dependents that are working less than 80 hours a month. Mostly childless people that are unemployed or working part-time who now get anywhere from 16 to 194 bucks a month to buy food. The feds say this move will encourage able-bodied people to become self-sufficient. While others say these food stamps actually make money for the economy, and hunger is a further barrier to employment. The Humboldt Holiday Food Drive saw over 20,000 pounds of food donated to Food for People, thanks to thousands of Humboldt high schoolers. Also, over five grand was donated. That'll help feed thousands of families, and damn it, that is worth a Mondo smile. Some stuff to check out in Humboldt this week. Electronic dance music at the Arcata Theater Lounge Wednesday night. Family fun, the Hogwarts Ball, Thursday evening at Redwood Racks and Arcata with costumed Harry Potter festivities. Christmas festivities in Garberville Saturday afternoon along Redwood Drive. Santa, face painting, shopping, carriage rides, hay rides, caroling, stuff like that in Garberville. Comedy at Savage Henry in Eureka. Ice skating in Ferndale. And for more events, check out the calendar at northcoastjournal.com. Well, i'm excited about this i'm about to introduce a new contributing host for humboldt last week samantha melton an artist but before that i want to thank the partners that make this show possible bell star clothing north coast horticulture supply bongo boy studio trinidad vacation rental north coast journal photography by shy redheaded black belt and 99.1 fm All right, so Samantha Melton is an artist, photographer, and all-around Jill of all trades this week. She's covering all kinds of interesting stuff. So without further ado, Samantha Melton on Humboldt last week.
0: On display now through May 2020, uh, Humboldt Area Foundation is hosting ink and skin and bone. This is a solo art exhibit of acrylic portraits done by Native artist Tiffany Adams. They are incredibly detailed and explore California's indigenous women's tattoo culture. Now, historians say there were as many as 300,000 individuals located Located in this area before the europeans first arrived each tribe had their own unique methods designs and reasons for tattooing for instance the yurok tribes tattooed more women than men and they started at the age of five a young girl would have a simplistic black line stretched below the chin and this was done every five years adding another parallel line to the prominently displayed their age uh, now tiffany says her work is about rewriting and rewriting the past Uh, that is so that is so kick-ass so you got to come see it for yourself it's at 363 indianola at the humboldt area foundation and it's gonna be open during normal hours we have a mystery on our hands, folks. At the last Eureka Arts Alive, local artist Jesse Wydell's oil paintings and capturing a series he called Heroin Hilton were mysteriously snatched from their fixtures in Old Town. Now, to be clear, these five lifestyles oil paintings were attached to a building that had once been owned by Floyd Squires, but as of now is owned by a mysterious Andrew Hancock. Wydell says he was happy with the public's response, but understood if the landowner had taken them down. I just expected them to stay up for longer than half a day, he said. Keep an eye out for some oil paintings. They don't have feet, and we have two, so we're two steps ahead of them. All right, a current sponsored post from the Skunk Train. Um, This is something actually very close to my childhood. Um, Right now, the historic Skunk Train is hosting the North Pole's very own Santa Claus. Uh, Bring your whole family uh, to eat tasty treats, play reindeer games, and hang out with Santa. Now, our discount, our local discount is bigger than most. We offer it to residents of Humboldt, Lake County, and Mendocino County. That means for residents of all three counties, a trip out of Willits is $30 for adults, $20 for children, and a trip out of Fort Bragg is $32 for adults and $20 for children. Take advantage of this discount. Call at area code 707-964-6371 and enjoy a festive ride on the skunk. Coming to us from Kim Kemp, we have um, a press release from Humboldt County Sheriff's Office on October 31st, 2019. A well-worded letter was sent by Supervisor Bowen and Sheriff Hansel outlining the community's rage and frustration. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Concerns and frustration with PG&E's handling of the power safety shutoffs. Now, PG&E did respond and Humboldt County Office of Emergency Services did meet with PG&E about these power shutoffs. And from the meeting, both Hansel and seemed pleased with PG&E's efforts to improve communication by keeping the grid energized as long as possible, as well as utilizing a project that is underway to generate and regulate power from the Humboldt Bay Generating Station, with the goal of being completed by mid-year 2020. Now, PG&E CEO pledged to have a future meeting to update our county on the status. Um, Well, I'm keeping my candles, so here's hoping. Sad news from North Coast Journal. After a five-year bankruptcy case and foreclosure, Lolita Cheese Factory has closed its doors. Um, The 37-year-old local attraction, which boasts 65,000 tourists annually and employed dozens, closed earlier this month. The foreclosure came as a last resort, says Umqua Bank, which now holds the deed. Uh, Bob LaFranchi says Umqua raising the interest rate from 75 to 12% last year, and the numerous pg and plant energy shutoffs um, really pushed them over the edge. Um, the owner of LaFranchi says they haven't heard from the bank since then, and um, the property was put up for auction on December 6th with no bids currently. He does remain hopeful, saying, I'm expecting good things. On June 26th of this year, MacTown resident Jonathan Albert Boone stabbed and killed his grandfather's dog following an argument. Uh, The dog was simply trying to protect the grandfather. Uh, Boone then left and then came back and stabbed his grandfather in the neck, wounding him, but not fatally so. Thankfully, on December 12th, Boone was sentenced to a midterm of seven years and some change after pleading guilty to attempted murder and special allegation of use of a deadly weapon and to animal cruelty. Not enough, dude. People that hurt animals get no sympathy from me. Glad Grandpa's okay, though. Back to you, Miles.
1: All right. Thanks again to Samantha Melton, artist, photographer, and all-around Jill of all trades, contributing some hosting on Humboldt last week. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. My name is Miles, and right now we're here with Rio Del Mayor Deborah Garns. Thanks for your time, Deborah.
2: You're welcome, and thank you for for reaching out.
1: My pleasure. So they're talking about big money from the Big Apple, New Yorkers Terragen. They want to build a wind farm near your city, Rio Del, over 40 wind turbines on those ridges, over 600 feet tall each. TerraGen, you know, they're talking about how this brings alternative energy and infrastructure upgrades and it fights climate change. And all the while, they become the second largest tax contributors in the county. Uh, But wait, you know, not everyone's on board uh, and your city specifically. Deborah, why is the city of Rio Dell against this project?
2: Um, Well, first, I want to say that we are not against wind energy. We understand climate change. We are not being overly dramatic, which is what um, Nathan said in the paper the other day, that there are people who are opposed are being overly dramatic. That's not the case. What we are doing is we're basically feeling as if they're rushing this through, um, and there are still so many questions that need to be answered. We are, um, th- there's going to be 47 turbines each turbine is going to take uh, three acres of, uh, each footprint will be three acres of land and going very deep into the ground in order to anchor them. So what our concern is, is that it's upstream of our water infiltration gallery, which is where we get our drinking water. We are uh, one of the, I think, the only city in Humboldt that in 2014, in the drought, we um, were limited to 50 gallons of water per person because we had junior water rights. So we're very aware of our water being affected and how even when there's simply it was a drought and we were affected, that much sediment and silt and earth comes down upstream from us and has to pass our water filtration gallery, that could cause a, a a huge problem. Jordan Creek has failed before, so we need to have answers. Not We are not required. There was a lot of answers in the um, EIR that said CEQA does not ask us to put the finances and the manpower into the actual mitigation plan. They just need us to Acknowledge that, that there's a problem and when it arrives, we will deal with it. And right. that is not a good plan for someone's drinking water. So what we're saying is we need, we want to see a plan. We want to know what's going to happen to the best of their ability. And whereas Sequa might not require or ask a company to do certain things, It is the opinion that the Board of Supervisors, whose document the EIR is, can ask those questions, can ask for those answers. And so we're saying ask for the answers, ask for all of the answers, Um, significant but unavoidable is unacceptable. And so that is one of the biggest reasons that we have to say, hey, slow this thing down. We are not... You know, privy to why they are in such a rush, but there's tax credits involved and things involved that they need to get this approved before the end of the year.
1: I hear you. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying. You're saying, you know, we don't have enough information yet. Um, And for those tuning in not familiar with EIR and CEQA and stuff, these are um, environmental documents. An environmental impact report is the EIR and CEQA is the, uh, you know, the state of California's um, environmental document specifically. And so, yeah, I see that, you know, Rio Dell is in the gray area here. You're not saying I'm for wind energy projects. I'm against energy projects. You're in the gray area. You just want more information.
2: We we um, need uh, more information. Absolutely.
1: Does the WIAT tribe's opposition to this impact you at all as the city of Rio Del?
2: We stand with the WIAT tribe. Their position is that is sacred ground, that is uh, historically their sacred prayer ground, and they don't want it to be disturbed in this manner. We absolutely support their position. We stand with them.
1: You stand with them. Okay. And so, I mean, let's talk about some of the uh, upsides here, though. I mean, if um, a TerraGen representative was here in this conversation right now, which they're not, uh, you know, maybe they would say something to the effect of, you know, there's huge economic benefits here. Deborah, your city, in fact, could get tax dollars from this project. Uh, they're talking about jobs and millions and upgrades to local infrastructure and, you know, mitigating for these impacts. And, you know, how they'd probably say that they are working with the tribe to significantly limit impacts to cultural resources and stuff like that. What would you say to them after they say all of that?
2: You know, um, I guess I would, well, first of all, Rio Dell is not going to get any tax benefit from this operation. Uh, we were told that, you know, that they could do something. You know, they could they could maybe put, before the before the project even was really truly up off the ground, our city manager gave them tours of places that they could use for their corporation yard that they have now decided that they were going to do. Um, in their last, in the final EIR in in front of the planning commission, that was one of the things that they brought up that, oh, they were going to place a corporate yard. But I was told that if our opposition stayed up opposed, then that wasn't going to happen. I have no reason to doubt that that was a true statement by Mr. mhm,
1: So
2: we are not going to get any tax benefits. So that would be, an untruth if that was said. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Dell specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as the the labor, that is a great thing, and there's no way that I can, you know, knock it or say it's bad. I can simply say it was a business decision by TerraGen. I don't feel that it was them being you know magnanimous and, and trying to do everything that they could do for the county so much as it was a business decision to do this so that they could then get the unions and the labor on their side because you didn't hear anything about it until after the deal was done. You didn't hear the support and and all of the flowery, wonderful things about this agreement, not even that it was possible, you know, and you didn't hear what I'm trying to say. You didn't hear the unions particularly saying anything super positive about it to my knowledge I, at least I don't I didn't hear anything actually I, should, I shouldn't say they didn't but I didn't hear anything I wasn't aware of anything but as soon as that agreement was made then it became this wonderful positive save the climate kind of a you know position mm-hmm. and so you know I but I think as far as the jobs, I think that's absolutely wonderful. I think what would be truly wonderful is if they trained the 15 permanent jobs from Humboldt County. That's what, you know, the, after the two years. And now two years, it was two years of good labor, good wage, and now you're out of work again or you're leaving the area again. You know, I understand how construction works. Everything has a time frame. But there are 15 permanent jobs. Those are the jobs as well that should be included. They, they can train people here. We have people just as intelligent as anywhere else that have been in the electric field forever. And mm-hmm. so if you really want to really a lasting impact because the uh, turbines are going to be lasting forever. That's, you know, my feeling as far as the labor, I think it's great. They're going to do it. But I think that they could do the 15 jobs, train the personnel, and and give us 15 permanent positions. I think that would be really awesome.
1: Right. So I see where you're coming from. You're saying, hey, the economic benefits are fantastic. But uh, for Rio Dell, that doesn't outweigh some of this other stuff, you know, the fact that these things – are messing with birds and sacred land. and they're, Well, they're
2: birds. Uh, they might uh, change the pattern of the fog. These are things that, and, and once they're there, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just they're there. And, you know, the, the, the redwoods are Humboldt's treasure. The redwoods are, I mean, people come from the world around to see the redwoods, to spend time in this peaceful, quiet, lovely place. And to put something there when you actually don't know the effect they're going to have on the tallest living things, some of the oldest living things. I, I don't even know. I don't have words for what I think about <laughs> because yeah. it is very bothersome when you when you think about how long these trees have survived, you know, and, and you're saying, okay, well, we're saving the climate. The payoff. If you harm the redwoods, the payoff is not going to be worth it in the long run.
1: Yeah, I'd imagine they're going to have to chop down some trees, you know, for these transmission lines, you know, for roads. And And I'm not really
2: even talking about chopping down trees because, you know, I understand, you know, I mean, they've been chopping down trees up here. I mean, it's not my thing. I don't don't particularly care for that idea. But I just mean if it changes the fog pattern because of the turbines – You know, and I don't, these things aren't proven. They're not disproven or proven to, you know, that I can tell you an absolute fact from an absolute factual basis. But there have been questions raised and there have not been answers. And that's Mm -hmm. the problem. It's like, show me, show us in documentation where this will not harm and change the pattern of the fog, change the, just the way the whole atmosphere works around the Redwoods.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so that's uh, a concern.
1: And so is another one of your concerns, you know, the fact that this company is so large, I've seen quite a bit of that. And I know that the Humboldt community, there's quite a bit of people out there that are wary of big business coming in and taking over and say, you know, being second to PG&E in terms of tax contribution. Um, is that problematic for you? Just the big business angle of this?
2: I don't know if so much the big business angle, more or or that there isn't an exit plan. So if Carajin goes away, where do we go? Who do we go after? You know, if if something goes wrong, they are not the parent company. They're they're a big organization out of on the East Coast, and so it doesn't give you a settled feeling when you're dealing with a company that's you only know. What they've told you, they're they're very surfacey. You can't find the depth.
1: Well, you had requested that the supervisors move this meeting to a larger venue because, I mean, things were cramped. People were packed in like sardines in the Board of Supervisors' chambers. So they did, in fact, move this to the Adorney Center. Um, Were you happy to see that?
2: Um, In one (laughs) respect, it's a funny question. In one respect, I was happy because it does give people more room to, to be and to sit, But I also asked them to move it towards If I don't know if you were in this Board of Supervisors meeting, but it was like, ai don't know, maybe a 48-inch, maybe a 32, but I'll I'll go generously and say a 48-inch screen. And, of course, it showed the ridge and had little red dots of where the turbines are going to be. That would be like me standing here looking towards the ridge and pointing and saying, that green tree over there. There is no concept. You don't have the concept of really what's actually going to happen, what you're actually looking at. If you came to Riadell or Fortuna or the theater in um, Scotia, people could actually come here and see, literally see what we're talking about from a standpoint of the ridge. You'll never be able to, you know, point up high enough to show them we're 600 feet 300 feet taller than the redwoods and the tallest structures between San Francisco and Seattle, Washington. Um, you won't be able to really show them that, but at least see the ridge and, and let your imagination of the height kind of work itself out. But, um, you know, the, the Board of Supervisors have the, the means, and they could have what we were told was that they couldn't find a space large enough to accommodate as many people as they anticipate having. What I couldn't understand is why they couldn't just have one meeting down here. You didn't have to have 600 room for 600 people. You had to have room for the people most affected. I mean, it's offensive that the communities that are directly affected are on the back burner as far as letting people really see it and we don't have a say riadell doesn't have a say in this in any way other than just as like you or or any other citizen can can write a letter can do a petition can protest can stand up for their 3 minutes and speak and that's the amount of power the city of riadell has because it's outside of our city limits it is simply Bearing down at us, bearing down at us, and you know there aren't a lot of things that Riedel has. So, so taking a viewshed is is really rough. But um, they could have had a smaller meeting down here.
1: They didn't do any of that. They didn't have any small meetings. They didn't down there. have
2: one single meeting in Riedel or Scotia, and. Dell is a bedroom community full of retirees, a lot of retirees, a lot of elderly or disabled individuals and who can't get there, can't get to Eureka at 4 o'clock in the evening or 9 o'clock in the morning. And so that they couldn't find their way to have one single meeting in the place that is actually most affected is offensive to me, anyway, <laughs> I would think it should be offensive of to everyone. You know, I think that moving the meeting, yes, yes, that's what I asked, and yes, they did. And so it's hard to, you know, well, we did what you asked, even though I said to, I did ask them to move it this direction, and they moved it further north than <laughs> even the Board of Supervisors, I think, or were, were pretty close. Um, but the other thing is that the meeting's at nine o'clock in the morning. They also have the ability to make it later in the day so that people who work, because in Humboldt County, there are not a lot of people who get paid vacation. So there's not a lot of people who can just take off work to go sit in a room to make a three minute you know, spiel that it might take two hours to get to them. It's just to say, yes, we moved it, we left it at nine o'clock, but we did move it. It's a little disingenuous to me, is, is all I'm saying. Um, I think that they could have had at least one meeting down here, whatever time they picked, because if it was here, it would be easier to get people there to for us to help people to get there.
1: Yeah, well, I know I'm going to be stuck in work myself at that time, but I would imagine a number of Rio Del residents are going to be making that trek up there to the Adorni. And as this was Well, all, you know, I
2: hope so, but you know, I, I really don't think that there will be as many people as we would hope, we, Dell would hope because of the ability or inability to get there.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. You know, as this was all sort of playing out, um, the Planning Commission was taking a look at this and all of these meetings in the Board of Supervisors' Chambers were packed, as you had mentioned, and, um, you know, and in some reports that I'd seen uh, interviewing Planning Commissioners, after they made their decision to deny it was four to two um it kind of gave me the impression that they were maybe um not no votes you know they were mostly just neutral votes and just trying to kick this back to the board of supervisors did you get a feeling like that after reading those reports
2: um what i because i was at that meeting Mm -hmm. oh no i was i was at it and then i left and i watched the remainder of it on online
1: yeah, because there were some interviews with the commissioners afterward, and they kind of delved into exactly what they were thinking.
2: Well, I well, I didn't see that, but my feeling, and I, I'll tell you what, if I hadn't seen it, which I didn't see any report reporting after the fact of the planning commission, what occurred in the moment was the commissioner um, Noah Levi mm-hmm. said, um, Levy? "Yeah, Levy." I'm sorry. Um, asked for two or three additional weeks they he said we have gotten new information tonight we need to digest it we need to be able to process everything and we just need two or three weeks to do that can we have that two weeks and nathan Vitos got up and said no we need an up or down vote tonight Now. If you are really as concerned about the community as he has implied he is, he would have given them two or three more weeks, at least, you know, given them a week if you said, no, we, we we don't have three weeks because we have to get it through for whatever reason they give you. They could have given them a week. To not give the planning commission time to digest information when they asked. they're asking you for it. That is unacceptable and it should be unacceptable to the board of supervisors. That should be unacceptable to anyone to say to a company that is going to dramatically and permanently change the landscape of one of the most beautiful places, you know, anywhere and possibly put things down in water, you know, uh, silt and sediment and soil and whatever into into the water.
1: It's out, Rushed is a word that's coming to mind that sort of defines what you're, where you're coming from.
2: Exactly. Why would not they not give the planning commission more time if that's what they needed? I mean, that's, that was very telling to me that Kerogen doesn't care about the environment as they say they care about it. They care about getting this thing through. And so I don't know what their schedule is or why they're in such a rush, but I just want the Board of Supervisors to not work to their schedule, to say to them, you know, if the Planning Commission needed more time, you should have given them more time. That's unacceptable. We are here for our constituents. We are not here for carriages. That's what I would like to hear the Board of Supervisors say because what happened was just it was it was ridiculous that a company would tell the commission, no, you don't have to, We don't we don't have time to give you time. We, we need it now, tonight or nothing. That's that's just unconscionable.
1: Well, it is a huge decision that the Board of Supervisors are taking on, and I would imagine uh, things are going to be packed. Um, you had mentioned protesting. Do you know are you participating in, in all of that?
2: Uh, yes, on Saturday there is a protest that will be going from City Hall of Riadell to uh, the Winema Theater in Scotia. It starts at noon, and there will be, you know, speakers and um, apparently music. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not setting it up, so I don't have that,
1: uh, you know. Um, but you will be in attendance.
2: But I will. I will be. I will be in attendance, and I will be participating. I will, will actually be, you know, l- leading off the the, the walk. But so, I'm yeah, I mean, just uh, saying, that, you know, someone another organization is putting it on.
1: Totally. Yeah. So those listening to this, it's going to come out on a Sunday. So uh, that'll have already happened. Um, but yes, and actually, some listening to this, the meeting on Monday might have already happened. But uh, if you are listening now and it hasn't, you can attend. It's Monday, 9 a.m at the Adorno Center in Eureka. Deborah, is there anything else that you wanted to mention about this project?
2: Um, no, I just, uh, the biggest thing is I just hope that the Board of Supervisors, they just don't rush it. They take the time and make sure that the answers that need to be answered are answered and not just go along with the, we will give you the answer when the problem arises. That is unacceptable. And it's unacceptable because the Board of Supervisors are there. They are working for their constituents. They are not there to work for Teragen. So that's my biggest my biggest hope is that they slow it down and get the questions answered.
1: Well, it is Humboldt last week. I'm Miles wrapping up a chat with Rio Del's Mayor, Deborah Garnes. We're talking about this proposed wind energy project near Rio Del and Scotia on those ridges. Thanks again for your time.
2: All right. Thank you,
1: Miles. Hey, thank you so much for listening to episode 153. Humboldt Last Week Happens with help from community partners. That's Photography by Shy with those amazing portraits, TrinidadCaliforniaRental.com with awesome ocean views, North Coast Horticulture Supply helping us have fun in the garden, Bongo Boys High End Recording Studio in McKinleyville, Bell Star Clothing in Eureka, the clothes that fit your life, the voted best North Coast Co-op in Arcata and Eureka, and the award-winning North Coast Journal. Links to all of them at HumboldtLastWeek.com. My name is Miles Cochran. I'm a radio host and journalist that left the more traditional industry to start this up back in 2016. The home for this weekly show and its 24-7 radio station is HumboldtLastWeek.com, but you could also listen at KimKemp.com, NorthCoastJournal.com, and on the radio Mondays on 99.1 FM. Hope you spread some contagious kindness out there this week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
0: Humboldt Last Week.